and welcome to Tarot Bites. I'm Teresa the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of Tarot No Questions Asked, Mastering the Art of Intuitive Reading. I'm also your host for this podcast series. This is episode 212 of Tarot Bites, the podcast where I dish out short, entertaining, bite-sized lessons on how to read tarot. And for today's episode, our topic is Tarot for Activists, and I have a special guest, Karina Rosella. Hello, Karina. Hi, Teresa. Well, I am really glad that you are here today. I love the work that you do in the world. And as somebody who has been involved in activism and tarot for many years, you know, this is such a such a great and timely topic. And I want to start out by asking you, what role does activism play in your life? Mm, That's a great question. So I hesitate myself um, to call myself an activist a lot of times because I think that's a loaded word and people carry a lot of their own opinions and baggage around it, their own ego around it. But I think I've been, you know, I've been politically involved and politically aware since I was a teenager, which is um, more than half my life now. And that was sort of my um, introduction, like before I got into tarot, before I got into any type of healing work, it was kind of my introduction to being involved in a collective. And I started that when I was 18. Um, I was a zine maker. I joined a feminist collective, um, in Portland, Oregon, when I moved there. And I started doing a lot of work at, um, volunteering at a free bookstore and info shop, um, working with cop watch, doing on-campus organizing um, for consent workshops and against sexual assault and spreading awareness about state-sanctioned violence. And then I went on to become um, a social worker and I worked with at-risk youth um, and houseless families, um, undocumented folks and HIV, um, in HIV prevention and harm reduction for about eight to 10 years um, after I finished college. So while that's not activism, I've been using that lens for a long time. Um, And then, you know, recently, I think more the focus has been, especially because now I'm a self-employed witch, is just trying to integrate a lot of mutual aid into my work. Because I think sometimes um, a lot of people that are involved in activism and community organizing when they're young think that the natural segue is to get into social work. Um, And that, you know, works for a lot of people. I think that really definitely can pay off in some ways. But then I also think that sometimes like being able to be your own boss and then being able to like use your free time and like having the more funds um, to, to allocate to mutual aid efforts and grassroots organizing in your community is a really big um, benefit. I totally agree. And I got involved also in politics when I was a teenager. You know, I grew up in a household where we talked about politics around the table and my father had very strong opinions. So there was always a discussion. And when I was about 12, 13, I discovered punk rock music. And this is back in the 70s, you know, and and that at the time, it was very different. They had a lot of songs that were political, which you didn't hear because most of the stuff was so overproduced then. And it got me really super interested in politics and activism. And uh, I was one of the first original staff members of an anarchist newspaper in New York in the 80s. That newspaper is actually still going. So I remember being involved with all kinds of like riots and things of that nature back in the day. So it's played a big role in my life. And, 
you know, now that I'm older, it's more quieter. I talk about it a lot. I share information. And I also like to donate to the causes I believe in, because that's the way I can use, you know, like you said, you can allocate resources to help people. So activism is very important to me. It's important to my family. And I think with the way the world is going right now, more people are feeling also compelled to do something, to speak out, to speak up, to say something or to donate. So it's really interesting watching more people get involved in activist uh, type things, activities. And so, you know, that brings me back that I want to ask about tarot. So we've, you know, tarot, I got into as a teenager too. What about you? I mean, how did you get into tarot? How did it start coming into your life? Yeah, definitely. And I didn't know that you were into punk rock and anarchist papers, Teresa. That's so cool. Um, I So I got into tarot a little bit later. I think, you know, as a child, I was really interested in like witchcraft and plant medicine and esoteric, you know, forms of divination when I was young. But I didn't actually get into it until my mid to late twenties. Um, and I think, you know, I was also involved in a punk scene in Portland 15, 20 years ago. And I think like that ideology can be very like screw the world and like screw everyone else. And like, I'm cynical and I'm a nihilist. And that like was my thing for a while. And then it really became something where it was like, no, I actually like need deep healing. Um, and at that time in my life, when I was younger, I was like, well, what, who am I, you know, to, to like seek healing? I mean, I'm a white person um, who grew, you know, who has my own level of trauma, but like benefits from a lot of systemic privilege and like hasn't been in war or anything. So I was like, well, what's healing got to do with me? And really, the, when, I, when I got into tarot, it was because of my own self-destructive patterns. Um, I had, you know, a really bad eating disorder. I was just taking out a lot of stuff on myself. Um, and I yet, you know, with this nihilistic kind of viewpoint of the world, like the world's collapsing anyway, and like, you know, all of that, it was sort of like, it was kind of like looked down upon to get into tarot and to healing work in a lot of punk circles. Cause at that time it was sort of like, Oh, you're a hippie now. Um, which like, you know, like punks hate hippies a lot of the times. So, um, I got into tarot around, uh, 2008, 2009. And I had just finished, um, working in AmeriCorps for two years, um, working with at-risk youth, just like doing a lot of that work. And I really realized I was ignoring my own healing. I was just kind of like focusing on doing all this community work. I was like, yeah, like volunteering a lot and then doing this job that was really heavy. And um, I kind of recognized my own need to heal at that point. And I decided to invest in a tarot deck and I got a tarot deck and I started just like reading for fun. I started just being like, Hey, I'm learning this thing. Can I give you a reading to people that I met? And people started being like, you're really good at this. I think you have a talent for this. And, you know, I didn't, I, I did feel like it was this inherent strength that I had. I felt like it was this, you know, I always feel like I've been very, and I, I'm really veering away from the word empath right now because I think it's like, it, there's just a lot of complexities around it because, you know, we all, many of us, not everybody, some people don't have access to empathy, but many of us have access to empathy and choose not to use it. So, like, I think it's, you know, a lot of people that identify as empaths still choose not to use their empathy in ways that are 
um, use, you know, compassionate towards other people. Um, and I've, you know, had that in my struggles of self-destructive behavior and nihilism as well. So I really went to tarot to like, look at some of the hard truths about myself. And then I realized I could like help other people see their hard truths. That was something that, you know, really was, um, something from a child, I think that I really had the ability was like to see into other people. And I didn't always, I think it's a great responsibility. You know, I think being, um, having like any psychic or intuitive abilities or being an empath, again, it's like not just a thing that you get to be and therefore you're great and you're better. It's a, it's a tool that you have to learn how to wield. And a lot of people don't. You know, a lot of people don't work on that skill. And I think that's like an abuse of a power in some way. So I think like my journey with tarot has been a lot about like examining that myself. Um, so I did like a lot of readings just for friends or for myself. And, you know, sometimes like I would do like fundraisers in the community. And at that time, you know, between Portland and then I was living in like Eureka, California, Humboldt County. And I would just kind of like do a lot of donation based readings or readings for fun. And then in 2017, I started Rise Up Good Witch. Um, and it kind of just ended up taking off the next year. And I ended up, um, you know, between my my practice as a reader, um, my apothecary, my podcast, and some of my writing and my zines, um, I ended up, yeah, just focusing on Rise Up Good Witch. So I've been doing that um, full time since 2018. And I bought a lot of your products, by the way. So people who are listening, they work. I love them. I swear by them. They're so, so, so good. So I'm a big Thank fan of that. Big, huge fan of them. Um, and I, I go through those things too. Those little uh, elixirs, they're so wonderful. So, you know, you, we, we, you mentioned about healing too. And how do you think when, how do you think tarot can help people heal and how does your healing then how does this again help you to be maybe a better, more engaged activist? Absolutely. So that's really like the, you know, I'm really blessed right now to have amazing clients and I have a lot of, all my clients are like very politically aware and engaged people in their communities and they come to tarot and, you know, my classes as well, because I think, you know, anytime we're in our communities doing work and we're trying to engage for social justice and we're trying to make, you know, systemic changes, we have to be doing the work on ourselves too. Because if we show up unhealed in spaces, we can end up inadvertently causing more harm than doing good. I've been guilty of it. Lots of white people were guilty of it at some point or another, because we're really like indoctrinated with these systems of oppression. So it's a lot of work, you know, and I think it's each of our, depending on what unique set of like skills, abilities, and also how we have privilege or we are at um, a deficit, I guess, of privilege in the current system, you know, we all still have that responsibility to look within and look at ourselves before we go out into the world and engage, engage with other people. So I think tarot is, um, it's a deliverer of hard truths. I think if a, a good reading, I always tell people like, you don't want to get all good cards, which I don't even believe there are good and bad cards. You don't want to get all good cards because then, you know, you're just paying for a reading that maybe isn't really going to help you as much. Like you want to get to the meat of it. You want to get a judgment card with a bunch of knights or something, you know, because you want to know if there's like a way that you could be showing up that's harmful. And that's the other thing is like, you know, and, and I've learned this 
and seen other people learn it many times, like in organizing spaces, especially white folks, I think we can end up showing up with a lot of our baggage if we're not working through it. And then we end up putting our baggage on our counterparts a lot of times who are BIPOC and that's not fair. And it's an act, you know, and, and on some level it's an act of violence to be bringing our baggage in those spaces. So I think like tarot helps you sort through your baggage. So you like, you don't have to put it on all of your friends and, and comrades. I love that so much. So how can tarot help dismantle systems of oppression? So, you know, one thing that I think is an important thing that I feel like younger generations, you know, um, me as an elder millennial, like I think we had and like Gen X, I think, too. It's like it was more of like this vision of like all the oppression and bad stuff is over there. It's President Trump. It's the Proud Boys. It's Republicans or whatever. It's like so easy to be like, that's where white supremacy is. That's where patriarchy is. But the reality is that each of us as individuals have all of this inside of us. Um, and that's why it exists as a construct is not only that it, it exists in our structures, it exists in ourselves. So even like as an anarchist, if we were to like dismantle the system completely today, the system that we would rebuild the way things are would probably look a lot alike because we haven't done that work. So I think um, tarot can can help us do that internal work of unpacking um, uh, like the, the kind of like burdens that we carry living in a white supremacist patriarchy um, and help us uh, like see the way that we are acting in alliance with those systems, even if we don't think that we are. You know, it's so interesting that you said this because, you know, I, again, I was involved in uh, anarchist newspaper back in the day. And, you know, sometimes I would be hanging out with different groups and they would be like, well, we're going to dismantle this or that. But then they would be acting super sexist or saying things that were like, wait a minute, that sounds really offensive. Uh, there was one time when I was working on the newspaper and they wrote some, somebody wrote, one of the guys wrote a, some, you know, talk about what was going on in the park around some event. And the language they were using was super, again, sexist, really offensive. And I called them on that and they couldn't understand that. It's like, if you are calling yourself anarchist, feminist, blah, 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 and you're giving yourself all these titles, but you're using the language that is oppressive, then you're not getting it. And they couldn't, they couldn't understand that. And I think it's because, again, when you're coming from that frame of reference, the old way, it is very, very hard to break that stuff down. It requires a lot of looking within, a lot of addressing where is this coming from? Why am I buying into it? Or how did that slip out of my mouth? Where, you know, there's a lot to unpack. And so I know exactly what that is. You know, you can tear down one system of oppression. And if you don't really heal the issues, it goes right back, but just in a different form. And I saw that within different anarchist groups I belong to. So that is super true. So let's, let's swing around and ask this about tarot now. I'd love your opinion. In what way does tarot need to change? Now we're talking about people changing by doing the work, but in what ways does tarot need to change in order to better support folks and, you know, better support building a better world? Yes, there's a lot of ways. Um, and it's, I'll, I'll start by saying, so in the classes, I, I love Pamela Coleman Smith's um, rendition of the Smith Rider Waite um, deck. 
And I always teach from her imagery because it's so rich. However, a lot of people are like, why do you use this? It's very gendered. It's very hierarchical. It's kind of like old fashioned. And the thing is, is that I don't, you know, and, and I'm sub, my opinions are always subject to change and people can disagree with me and it's fine. I I'm kind of still working this out, but I think like, yeah, we need to create use tarot in ways that are more representative of our current times. And that's no longer kingdoms, you know? So that's what a lot of the old decks represent. But I think, um, you know, the, the degendering of the tarot is really important. So having these really strong gender roles, like, in the empress or the emperor like there's a lot of that that's put into a lot of deck interpretations but then again i always tell people you can work with a deck and you can still utilize those images in a way that's more non-binary or transformative to you and then i i hear some readers also saying like we just need to do away with the bi we have to do away with gender completely or like but then i think that's not fair either because um you know there are there are people that still, especially trans people that still really identify with that boundary. And I don't want to invalidate anyone. So I don't think doing away with the binary completely is the answer. I think that figuring out ways to take like patriarchal and misogynistic um, frameworks out of like a queen card versus a king card um, is something that we need to do. Um, and I also think like one thing is uh Folks need to interrogate their decks a little bit because we've got a lot of like really offensive decks that use a lot of like cultural appropriation and taking indigenous practices completely out of context for like the sake of the deck created by people that are not educated on those practices that are not part of the lineage of the images that are in the deck. So I think also people need to have like a good discerning eye of not supporting decks that are essentially racist, you know, because there's decks that really depict um, indigenous and African religions that are made by white people who didn't even take the time to study that at the very least. So I think like tarot really needs to change because um, we really can't have like patriarchal, like cis heteronormative ideas because this is a healing tool. And if you go to that and you're being told a message that doesn't relate to you or that's racially offensive, that's not healing. That's just like more violence. Mm. So true. And you know, some, some artists uh, have been really changing the game and uh, stepping things up and being more thoughtful in their choices. So I do see it being out there, but it's going to take time and a lot of introspection. And there's still decks that come out that are super white you know, super uh, hetero. So, yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. But it is, I will say, compared to back in the day when I started, the decks have come a long way. And there are people like, um, what's that one deck? I think it's New World Order deck. Uh, maybe oh, Next World? Next World, yes. Yeah. That that deck is a very thoughtful yeah. deck. It, the the artists really put a lot of right effort into it. And it's it's really great. People love it. I think the modern witch tarot is also another really good one that people are loving. So there are people out there doing it. Again, we still got a long yeah. ways to go, but I think you're right. Uh, this needs to be more of a more thought being put into those sorts of things. So you've got a class that you are teaching. So let's go ahead and start talking about that. I want to know all about the course that you're teaching. Are you going to be covering some of this stuff? Where can people find it? What's the, what's the scoop? 
Yeah. So I last spring, so it was around April or May, I got this idea that I, I didn't for a long time, I did teach some little tarot workshops, but I always had this feeling that tarot wasn't something that you could teach. Um, because I, I know that with the proliferation of different tarot courses offered, which is great. I'm not, you know, saying anything bad about it. There's more and more readers that are coming out who aren't actually I don't think that they're using intuitive methodology or like their own intuition to channel messages. It's more like I took a class and I know that this card means this and this card means this. So your reading is a combination of those two interpretations, which is fine if that's like what you're looking for. But I kind of felt like I don't know if I want to teach tarot because I think it's something it's like a journey that you have to go on your own. Um, because when I learned it was really like there weren't a bunch of courses back then. Um, I was just like, it was like me in a paperback book and my journal um, and this like old deck, you know? So I feel like I had some resistance. And even though people asked me to teach and said that I had a different um, interpretation, which I find to be like an honor hearing from others. And then I kind of just, a lot of times when I know I want to do something, it just like comes to me like as inspiration. And then, you know, like my neurodivergent brain will like get tired of it if I don't like, you know, really commit to doing it. So I really thought about like, well, what would it be like to utilize um, tarot as a tool for personal and collective healing? Like, what would it be like to utilize tarot in a more radical way? And when I say radical, you know, I'm talking because I think that word gets like misused and co-opted a lot. I mean, like getting to the root of the issue. Um, and the root of the issue is capitalism, in my opinion, and like white supremacy and patriarchy and free trade and all that. So I really started to to take a lot of notes about you know, the ways that I had been seeing tarot show up as not only, you know, like the micro, which is like our own lives, but also the macro, like what's going on in the collective. And it was like, you know, I, so I launched that course and it was very popular. And then, you know, then we started to see like the, the uprising from the brutal murder of George Floyd around that time as well. And I think like activism and mutual aid and just like the mutual aid that was already starting from um, the pandemic and the government's like inability to take care of the pandemic in a way that was ethical and you and, and, and like not corrupt um, really like inspired people to take tarot and to be like, what are, what am I feeling in all of this? You know, like we might be going into fascism and the world is crazy. Like, what am I feeling inside of myself? You know how, because really like, I think especially people with more privilege, like, people who are white, like we haven't had to do that in our work. That's part of what privilege is and supremacy is. Um, so I created a tarot school for liberation and it's evolved quite a bit, but I've taught many now at this point, I would open it up and have 22 students per class. And that was specifically, so on the first day I could pull one major for each student. And then the idea was they would be taking all the lessons and applying it to their major arcana card. So they would be doing a deep dive and people always got cards. They, they were like, I don't want this card. And then by the end, they'd be like, I know exactly why I got this card. Um, so the class um, was, um, I changed it up a couple of times. I've been teaching it. Um, I've taught several sessions over the past year and a half, um, but um, it's about a six week course. We talk about, um, I think it's really important to begin the course with ethical considerations, resources, a brief history. And that's because again, I think like going back to that whole discussion of like, 
you can't just be like, I'm psychic. I'm an empath. That means I'm good. Like it's, it's kind of like what you're saying about the people writing like sexist things in a paper. It's like, you can use the language, but where's the line between your language and your behavior. And that's something I work on it myself. Like I have to check in with myself all the time. So that was sort of my um, motivation for teaching the class is to make something um, where people could gather and a lot, you know, a lot of my students and a lot of my clients are organizers and activists and they are doing really important work in their communities. And tarot is a place for them to check in with themselves about it. Like, how are they feeling? How are the interpersonal dynamics? How are their, you know, how are their traumatic wounds and like childhood wounds showing up in work in ways that are detrimental to the work? And that's really what I wanted to bring with tarot school for liberation. And it was really great. I feel like the the connections formed you know between students was really amazing I still keep in touch with a lot of my students um and a lot of my students keep in touch with one another so I feel like that's really what I'm I feel like I have that skill like that's a skill I can bring is like creating a safe I don't like the phrase safe space but like creating a, a space in which people can connect and share ideas um and that's really what I want because my philosophy also around tarot is that you know, I am a facilitator. I'm sharing my 12 years experience working with the cards along with my 20 plus years in activism, organizing social work, and then my own like experience with like looking at my own shadow and like doing my own healing work, like recognizing the ways that I've been problematic. And I feel like I bring that, but I always like to make it clear to my students, like, don't look at me like I am a king, you know, and this is my, like, this is my um, court card lesson. I'm like in this space, I hold the space as a king. So that's my, you know, that's a huge responsibility to show up as a king. And um, one thing is that you can't act like, you know, everything like king, like evolved kings are ready to like step down the minute that they're not relevant anymore. You know, like um, evolved kings are always trying to um, make sure that like they're spreading information in a way that helps those around them grow so that when they can't do what they do anymore, someone else can take that seat. So I really see um, uh, my class as a place where people can kind of like go to the depths of their own beliefs and like interrogate their own belief systems, not so much like a class where people are just sitting back and I'm lecturing and they're taking notes. Um, it's really like about connecting with one another, sharing ideas and developing their own ideas, which oftentimes are like disagreeing with my ideas, which I encourage. I'm like, disagree with my ideas. Know why you disagree with them. If you agree with them, know why you agree with them. Just like interrogate your belief system. I love that. And where can people sign up? Where can they find you and your work and all the great things you're doing? Yeah, well, actually, so Tarot School for Liberation, it has been taught on Zoom, and now I'm moving it to Teachable, because a lot, you know, it's hard with the scheduling for people to show up. So it's going to be a self-paced course. It's launching. Um, it'll launch before this episode is aired, if I get everything together in time, on Sunday, October 10th. And you can go to my website, um, www.riseupgoodwitch.com. And um, you can also check out my apothecary um, I have some zines that I make myself and with my students and I have tarot readings. Um, and I'm also teaching a class, um, about Pluto right now and shadow work while working with uh, Pluto during the Pluto uh, or the U S Pluto return. And oh. I have a podcast also rise up good, Witch podcast. Awesome. Well, everybody, you definitely want to listen to the podcast 
get the product, sign up for the class. Uh, Karina, I love your work so much. I really want to thank you for spending time and sharing your wisdom. Um, Thank you so much. Thank you, Teresa. It's an honor. All right, people, you know what to do. You're going to get over to Rise Up Good Witch now and check all that stuff out and sign up for the class and get a zine and maybe one of those awesome tinctures. And that wraps up this episode of Tarot Bites. And you can check out lots more tarot goodness on my website, thetarolady.com. I've got free tarot and astrology lessons, lots of books, hundreds of blog posts, astrological forecasts, and plenty of other good things for you to scope out. Enjoy. I want to thank you again for listening. I hope you have a beautiful day. And by the way, if you like this podcast, do me a favor. Get on over to iTunes and leave a kind review because that helps more tarot curious people find their way to tarot bites. And as always, I like to close out by saying, pay close attention to your intuition throughout your day and let it guide you into making brave, excellent choices. Remember that you are always in the driver's seat of your life. You are in charge of your decisions, your plans, the action steps that you take or don't take. You're the boss. And if you don't like where your life is headed right now, you can change that. Nothing is ever fixed in stone. The tarot cards tell a story, but you write the ending.